This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. He's Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah, Merrick Garland. Oh, boy, he's in charge, and he wants us to know it. Today, a very bizarre appearance where he said very little. The message was, I did it. I'm responsible for this hideous search of Mar-a-Lago just the other day. Mar-a-Lago searched by a team of FBI agents, 30-plus, go in there. Now we have this late-breaking word that they may have been looking for nuclear documents of some kind. Um, look, I don't know how all this is going to pan out, but I know this. I don't believe them, and I believe Donald Trump. I do. Why should we believe these guys? Remember, all of it, Mueller investigation, the hoaxes, forget it. You lost it. But, again, the message today, Merrick Garland is a tough guy. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Oh, wow, a big decision. And you made it? You signed off on it? Why? Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear, or favor. Without fear or favor. Are you, are you kidding me? All right. That's what you guys are all about. Doing favors and you, sir, you especially are afraid. Oh, I know you are. I can tell it. I can feel it. And you've been bullied for about a year now, year plus, And you caved. Remember the bullying? Why is Merrick Garland allowing this nonsense to continue? <laughs> he's such a he, he's such an institutionalist that maybe he's too afraid to go after Trump. Merrick Garland, if you indict Trump, you'll be my person of the year, yeah. of the decade. Okay, so Mr. Tough Guy was hearing this from the far left every single day, uh, and during the January six hearings, even uh, this is uh, the star Democrat. They're really pushing her. She's no star, but take a look. Attorney General Garland, do your job so that we can do ours. Ooh, that we can do ours. Well, it was happening publicly and privately, the pressure coming from the White House. I'm actually going to uh, cite the New York Times here. I think this story is accurate. It was leaked by the White House by people close to close to uh, President Biden. The attorney general's deliberative approach has come to frustrate Democratic allies of the White House and at times, President Biden himself, okay, he wanted action from this attorney general. What's going on? Why the delay? Next, please. Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted, according to two people familiar 
with his comments. All right, you know what this is? This is pressure from the White House. This is political pressure directed at his attorney general in their beloved New York Times. Oh, yeah. Biden has even privately uh, said privately that he wanted Mr. Gard to act less like a ponderous judge and more like a prosecutor who is willing to take decisive action over the events of January 6th. Well, you hear it. He's really decisive now. He's really doing things, uh, being a tough guy and then running for cover. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. And there he goes. That's it. Um, back to being a wimp. <laughs> this DOJ is out of control. The FBI is out of control. You know, they stopped a congressman on the street, Scott Perry, Republican of Pennsylvania, and took his cell phone. You saw what they did to the senior DOJ Trump official, Mr. Clark. They grabbed him in the middle of the morning, wouldn't let him put his pants on, and searched his house. Made him stand in the driveway without his pants on. Peter Navarro, you know him, friend of Newsmax, a total genius. They arrested him, dragged him off a plane. Steve Bannon arrested. My gosh, this is, they're out of control. And they've been doing it for years harassing Trump administration officials during the administration, post-administration. This is out of control. And the liberal media will not call them out on it because they approve of it. And, oh, the DOJ is doing all kinds of work to satisfy the liberal base that have nothing to do with Trump. How about Breonna Taylor? So much fake news about Breonna Taylor. Uh, you know about this case, right, from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, she was shot and killed a couple of years ago, and uh, they portrayed her as an innocent victim. Look, she probably should not have died, but here are some things you probably should know about the case, okay? Um, she was in a relationship with a man wanted by police, involved in his drug enterprise. Police announced themselves, all right? Also, her boyfriend fired the first shot. She was standing next to her boyfriend, not in bed, asleep. But all that stuff... You know, it complicates their narrative, which, well, they're in love with and they're not going to abandon it. And they made a federal case out of it. Earlier today, I spoke with the family of Brianna Taylor. This morning, they were informed that the Justice Department has charged four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. Brianna Taylor should be alive today. The Justice Department is committed to defending and protecting the civil rights of every person in this country. Except these four cops, in my opinion, except these who were arrested by the FBI last week, not backing these cops. They're very selective about this, but they love to, well, they love to virtue signal about how much they support the men and women of law enforcement. Let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. Sorry, but we have a lot to work with. Mr. Mueller, for instance, and the Mueller probe. Okay, need I say more? Actually, I will. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. Hmm? You guys want to pretend this didn't happen? Two senior officials plotting to prevent the election of Donald Trump? You don't believe me? Here's the proof. The text message is Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? No, he won't 
will stop it. <laughs> and the hatred they had for all of us just went to a Southern Virginia Walmart. I could smell the Trump support. Yep, out to lunch with so-and-so. We both hate everyone and everything. Hey, these are, these are great people, huh? This is why we don't trust you guys, okay? And this? The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. That's great. Did you ever hear this kind of talk from Democrats during Black Lives Matter summer? Hmm? <laughs> no, of course not, because they're playing a game, all right? This is what they do. They're hiding their treachery behind people in law enforcement, all right? That's what they're doing. They're concealing it. They're hiding behind these guys. They've done it all the time, not just with law enforcement. They did it, well, let's see. They hid behind the hot girl who worked for uh, Mark Meadows. They hid behind the pudgy soldier. They hid behind the crying cop. They hid behind the indignant cop, right? This is a game they play, and they try to frame it in such a way that we can't criticize because if we do, we'll be undermining the men and women of law enforcement. Whatever happened to the Republican Party backing the blue, and in particular, the 35 members of law enforcement, federal law enforcement at the FBI? When did the party of law and order become the party of defund the FBI? Attacking the FBI, undermining the FBI, feeding this this anger out there. And it is ironic, number one, for um, a political party that claims to back the blue to be the party of law and order. Wow, huh? It's so obvious, to me at least, right? Look, we support law and order, of course. Who wouldn't, really? Except Democrats, except Antifa, except BLM. We do. But we also know that cops make mistakes and that law enforcement, we've seen it. They've abused their power, right? And these four people, when they play that game, we're going to call them out on it. And when cops don't do their job, when they walk away, when they walk off their post and allow a young woman to be murdered, I'm not going to just say, well, I backed the blue. Understand? All right. People in every profession make mistakes, especially in management. And that's who we're angry at here. Donald Trump, wow, he's in, a, he's in a tough spot, but I think it's where he's most comfortable. Look at all the people who turned on him. Now, I think that they did not turn on him because of things that Trump said. It was things that people said about Trump, the mainstream media, every single day, right? Being surrounded by all of this Trump derangement syndrome, it makes people turn. I think so. Now, the word is that there is a, uh, an informant at Mar-a-Lago who tipped off the FBI, and that's how all this came about. We don't know, but I know this. He may have a lot of traitors in his midst, but he also has us. All right, we'll be right back with uh, Nancy Pelosi. You know, she had a little uh, tag along on her trip to Taiwan. We'll be right back. Political business, the business of America, or personal business? Joe Biden taking his son and granddaughter to China, and Nancy Pelosi taking key family members as well 
to Taiwan recently, including her son, Paul Pelosi. Yes, when she got off the plane on that very controversial and, in my opinion, unnecessary trip to Taiwan, she had with her in her entourage her son, Paul, her 53-year-old son, Paul. He was at all the meetings, actually, uh, keeping a respectful distance. Don't want to create too many questions. Uh, there's the son right there. Let's see, meeting number two. Uh, here he looks a little bit bashful, like maybe I'm not supposed to be here. But there you are, Paul Pelosi. Uh, let's see, one more. Uh, there's Nancy, seems to be kind of nodding off. And Paul Pelosi, attentively watching everything. Okay, so what was he doing there? There are some reports that your son was on this trip with you. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. His role was to be my escort. Um, usually uh, we, we invited spouses. Not all could come, but I had him come, and I was very proud that he was there, and I'm did thrilled, and it was nice for me. Did he have any business dealings? No, he did not. Of course he did not. Of course he did not. Well, he does a lot of business in Asia. Oh, yes, he does. Paul Pelosi. Let's put it on the screen, please. Nancy Pelosi's son, who tagged along on Taiwan trip, is investor in Chinese tech firm. Hmm. Uh, let's go inside, please. Reads as follows. Paul Pelosi Jr., who received 700,000 shares of Bork Technologies as compensation for his services, became the second largest investor after CEO Pat Sek-Yun Chan, when other company insiders sold their shares in June of 2021. All right. I think it's fishy. I don't think he belonged on that trip. She shouldn't have made the trip, but uh, I think she wants to use the perks of power while she's still speaker, because this time next year, she probably will not be. All right. Oh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden, you know, they were real friendly in the White House, or were they? Uh, we just kind of put something together here. Obama did not want Joe Biden to be president even according to Obama, all right? This has been kind of forgotten. Obama took a good hard look at Joe and didn't think he was ready. Barack Obama did not think Joseph Biden should run for president. He hardly needed to say it out loud for aides to understand that. Also, uh, the trick that summer of 2015 was finding a way to nudge Mr. Biden to stay out of the race without looking as if he was nudging Mr. Biden to stay out of the race. Now, all right. They're such close partners. Uh, why would he think that Joe Biden, maybe it's not up for the job. Maybe he didn't have the integrity for the job. I got all the good ones. Uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team or others to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And 12 or 13 trips to Ukraine. And yeah, he got the assignment. Ukraine was part of his responsibility. And you know the story. Um, Hunter Biden gets a big job at Burisma for $80,000 a month. Guess who notices that? Uh, everybody. And the Obama White House, they were freaked out. Hunter Biden has now taken a position with the largest oil and gas company, holding company in Ukraine. Is there any concern about at least the appearance of a, uh, of a conflict there? See the vice president. I would refer you uh, to the vice president's office. I saw those reports. You know, Hunter Biden and other uh, members of the Biden family are obviously private citizens, and uh, 
where they work is not uh, does not reflect an endorsement by the administration uh, or by the vice president or president. But I would refer you to the vice president's office. Okay, well, that was their public position. But behind the scenes, they knew this was a problem, not just appearances, but this is a problem. You can't do this kind of stuff. And over the years, we found out about it. I became aware that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. Soon after that, in a briefing call with the national security staff of the office of the vice president in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interest. I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest. Do you agree that Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma has the potential for the appearance of a conflict of interest? Certainly the potential, yes. The potential, just the potential. It was a conflict of interest, okay? And Barack Obama, I'm not a fan, but he's not a dumb guy. And uh, he got a good look at Hunter Biden over the years. He heard about this. What the hell are you doing over there, Joe? What is your son doing? You know, this bothered them. And Joe was basically talked out of running for president by uh, Barack Obama. Take a look. It's in his own memoir. Uh, He writes as follows. Barack remained preoccupied with the question of my running for president. He had been subtly weighing in against also this. This is in Joe's own book after he left the vice presidency. I also believe he had concluded that Hillary Clinton was almost certain to be the nominee. He thought of her as really smart, really prepared. You not so much, Joe. In January 2015, the president was convinced I could not beat Hillary. I got it and never took issue with him. Now, he writes this in a book um, after he's vice president, before he's elected. The message is, oh, Barack should have picked me. He picked the wrong guy. Barack did not pick Joe for a good reason. Um, He was enamored with Hillary. Actually, look at this footage. It's almost like he wants to date her. Take a good look at the body language here. He is digging Hillary. I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why I didn't see this footage before, but I feel like I hope Hillary was comfortable with this. You know, you can't lean into an employee these days like that. No way. He why he's trying to seduce her. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little carried away here. Anyway, bottom line, um, Barack Obama was smart enough, is smart enough to know that Joe was not ready, did not have what it takes. And now we're all well, we're all dealing with it. Uh, Here's proof. Here's more proof. I'm sorry. When he was supposed to endorse Barack. talk up Joe during the campaign of 2020, he really couldn't bring himself to do it. He couldn't find anything interesting or nice to say. So tell me about Joe and your relationship with Joe. And what do I need to know? Like, what's the thing about the ice cream? He loves ice cream. Tell me about that. (laughs) Ice cream is big. Uh, Pasta with red sauce. He, he he, He can go deep. On that, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he really does like those aviator glasses. He knows he looks good in them. <laughs> but but look, the, the the main thing to know about Joe is that Joe uh, has never mm-hmm. lost his sense of why we do this, and we do yes. it because of you know for him, memories of his family uh, yeah. back in Scranton, and yeah. then the people of Delaware that he represented, the folks on the Amtrak train he met. It. You see Kamala like squinting, like she's hearing something really deep and profound. 
You're just throwing out words. Uh, Scranton, the train, Delaware. He can't say anything of substance about Joe Biden. That's really wild, huh? All right. Thanks a lot, Barack Obama. We have you in part to blame for this situation. Coming up, we're about to meet the meanest person, perhaps, in all of television news. Big chip on her shoulder, Margaret Brennan. She hosts Face the Nation on CBS. Stick around for this. the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? No, they don't. No, they don't. They, uh, they're very strange people, so many of them in the fake news, including Margaret Brennan, hosts Face the Nation over there on CBS. Now, maybe it's because she's been hanging around with Kamala Harris so much. Uh, maybe some of Kamala's attitude has rubbed off on, uh, on Margaret, but take a look at this. Why do you think there is such scrutiny? I mean, women are always held to a different standard. That's just a fact. Wow, that's just a fact. She's pretty emphatic about the devil. Uh, is it a Me Too thing she's getting at? Um, I don't think we had a full and fair uh, and adult conversation about Me Too. It was so silly. It was so silly and limited. But I'd like to show you a moment from, well, another guy got Me Too'd for this. But watch how she's, just watch. Next time the producer has to choose between a picture of more of Margaret Brennan and that oil derrick, that offshore oil derrick, stay on <laughs> Margaret Brennan, okay? She's a beautiful woman. She's a very bright reporter. She makes us feel good. Bring back Margaret. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Back my popular demand. Happy Friday. And she's six feet tall besides. It's good. You're gorgeous. I think she was digging it. Not six feet tall, by the way, but I think she was extremely happy with that kind of attention until they're not happy with it, and then they can use it sometimes as a weapon. Who am I saying? Who do I mean by they? Certain people, certain people, men and women. All right, let's watch how she hosts her show. I don't like it. There's going to be seniors that don't get life-saving drugs because the reducing Medicare not cost be able to have is not to, the same as reducing to... benefits, though. You, you know that. So well, how do you respond 1%. to that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What if it's your grandmother? It's the voters of those states are doing it. The voters of those states are going to make a choice. You're trying want? to help Senate Republicans and lead them to victory. These are your candidates. So, you know, Margaret, that's what people are looking at. They're, they're, but these are, these are saying, your Senate not... Republican candidates. These are your candidates. It's a choice between two people. Mm -hmm. All the Democrat nominees are, are, are basically Biden clones. Yeah. I mean, you know, and by the way, they won't but campaign if with but Biden. But if you are, Not I mean, you would Mark acknowledge, you would acknowledge that Biden if somebody went in Biden, for an interview Margaret, for a private corporation, of, these things Biden, would come up as Biden. red flags to HR. This is what uh, television journalism has become. Everybody's either trying to go viral or be important. These people don't know anything. They really don't. Uh, trying to straighten out a guy like Senator Scott from Florida. How about learning something? How about having an open mind, huh? Why, did, why ask questions if you have all the answers? I never really understood that. All right, quick review on how much we don't like Beto O'Rourke, huh? Remember this? Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against a 
fellow Americans anymore. All right, strike one. Well, he's already had three strikes, plenty, but uh, this is another one more recently. And at this time, I will uh, pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. No. You need to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to this over. This is totally predictable Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. The good news is, the good news is, when he loses this race for governor, he'll have lost three uh, races in a row, and that'll be it. He'll be done. That will be three strikes. But he really gets off on being vulgar in public. This is like his thing. AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, but it's not funny to me, okay? He called that guy an MFR. I couldn't hear anybody laughing, but, uh, you know, Beto is trying to make military observations. He knows nothing about what he's talking about. He doesn't understand assault weapons. And uh, someone wasn't taking him seriously. A lot of people don't take Beto seriously. But again, with the F word. Now, this happened uh, this morning, I think. This is what he really likes to do. And for some reason, the crazy Democrats like it as well. In every single part of Texas, So F in prep. Why does the crowd go nuts? It's the laziest, lamest word. I mean, I've heard it. Maybe I've used it. I just don't understand using it on stage. But that's what he does. That's why he's Beto. All right. Moving on to Twitter. You may not like Twitter, but it is a force to be reckoned with. It really is. And it's left leaning. And they're getting ready for the midterm election, and it could have, well, an impact. Take a look at this. They're, they're taking steps, and uh, let's put this up on the screen. Working to prepare for elections, elevate credible information, and help keep you safe on Twitter. You know, all the stuff they do to keep us, give me a break. World War II, we're the country that won World War II. <laughs> Tweeting is not dangerous, all right, but this is, this is where we are. I don't like them, though, talking about elections. I really don't. Look look at how they actually frame it. Our civic integrity policy aims to prevent the use of Twitter to share spreading false or misleading information about civic processes, elections or census that may disrupt or undermine public confidence in that process. Okay, this is where it gets very, very dangerous. So no information that might undermine public confidence. What if the What if the system is broken? What if there are problems? Twitter's official policy, there's no problems with the election. All right, potential problems. Hey, they're finding problems still. Wisconsin, those silly drop boxes, 
illegal. They were illegal. If I come out and say that, is that misinformation? No, it's not. The Supreme Court said so in Wisconsin. Dangerous stuff. Dangerous. They really should. I'm a free speech absolutist, essentially. You should be able to say just about anything, anything you want. Next, please. Uh, we look to trusted regional experts. What are they? Who can provide the most up-to-date, relevant, and credible information. It's important for us to curate and elevate these voices so you can get accurate information when you come to Twitter. Uh, sounds nice, but it's not. All right. Who are those experts? What is their bias? Do we have another one or should we go to Jack Dorsey at this point? Jack Dorsey runs the place, started the place, and he's a liberal, an avowed liberal. He acknowledges it. We need to constantly show that we are not adding our own bias, which I fully admit is, is, left, is, is more left-leaning. Uh, and I think it's important to articulate our bias and to and to and to share people with share it with people so that people understand us. Yeah, that's uh, that's a problem. Twitter is so big that it really should be a public utility. I think the government should take it from them. Think about it. <laughs> if Alexander Graham Bell only let people talk on the telephone that he agreed with politically, that would be a big problem. Twitter, Twitter is too important to trust to that guy or whoever he designated to run the place. Okay, stay with us. Should this guy be the next senator from Pennsylvania? Uh, no, I don't think so. Quite frankly, he looks like uh, he looks like an inmate. I don't know what's going on. He's a lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. Up against him is the Republican nominee, Dr. Mehmet Oz. He'll be joining us in just a moment. Thanks for being here. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. We're back with Dr. Mehmet Oz, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz, welcome back. How are you? We're doing very well, campaigning all over the Commonwealth, which is a far cry from my opponent who refuses to leave his home. But I tell you, we are focused on how radical he is and also my story, because I'm the, the American dream come alive. My dad was an immigrant to this country. He knew that if you worked hard, America would reward you by allowing you to achieve your dreams. And that's exactly what I did. And I believe that dream can be achieved by everybody who's watching this program right now. And that's the fundamental divide between me and my opponent, who's not worked, he lived off his parents until he was elected to an office recently, and doesn't understand how the machinery of America works. You compare those two, a self-made person who was the American dream and a kid of immigrants versus someone who's grown up in luxury and privilege, as he said, and you understand why we differ philosophically on where we should go as a country. I believe in individualism. He believes in collectivism, which I can <laughs> tell you, knowing history, is not a good place to go. Uh, very interesting indeed, getting to know more about his uh, wealth and where it comes from. We have a commercial of yours all queued up. I think this is the first time it's ever been seen on television. It happens to feature the guy you're running against, John Fetterman. Let's take a look. Now that John Fetterman claims to be recovering, let's pull back his hoodie and examine what's in his head. Looks like he has some screws loose. What's this? <coughs> Fetterman wants to release one-third of all prisoners. That's crazy! 
spend more tax dollars, everything will cost more. That's nuts. Slow energy production, gas prices will skyrocket. That's ridiculous. Socialized medicine? Where do you get these crazy ideas? Now it makes sense. Better close it up. John Fetterman is crazier than you think. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you, the Looney Tunes crew did a very good job. All right. So um, he really is that crazy? He is. I showed Bernie Sanders at the end there because they call each other the two most progressive candidates in America. He wants to abolish all private health care. He thinks energy policy with involving fracking or drilling is a stain on Pennsylvania. He wants to release one third of all prisoners. Uh, and when we have the biggest murder increase ever in the history of Philadelphia and we look under the hoodie because that's his garb, that's his costume that he's hiding under. But here's the thing. Greg, he is getting a lot of money from California, New York outsiders putting money into Pennsylvania. And I'm asking everybody, go to DrOz.com. The way I beat him is to get this commercial ones like it's shown so people in Pennsylvania who know who he really is. He's telling them he's a moderate. He actually shot a commercial before he had a stroke that is out there and is convincing people that he's you know, my kind of guy, working class guy, even though he's clearly not and doesn't understand what hard work really can do for you, I say let's get the word out. So come to DrOz.com, whatever you can contribute, please do it. Let's go fight back against these outsiders who are trying to buy a Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Full screen number one, please. This is from, I believe, the Philadelphia Inquirer. John Fetterman's parents gave him money into his 40s. Uh, Republicans say that undercuts his blue-collar image. Uh, Full screen number two. Public records show that for a stretch lasting well into his 40s, his main source of income came from his parents who gave him and his family 54000 in 2015 alone. Uh, Fetterman, 52, grew up in a cushy environment in York County. He, his upbringing helped him get an MBA from the University of Connecticut and a master's degree from Harvard without taking on student debt. Uh, well, up to, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah. And when you look at the guy with the sweatshirt, that's not what comes across. He doesn't want anybody to know this stuff, does he? He doesn't. And that's why he's not leaving his home. He literally will not campaign. How many times have you seen someone try to become a Pacific servant without ever leaving their home? I mean, Joe Biden tried it, but he did once in a while go out and we're facing the same reality. But here's the bigger threat. What does this say about democracy? If we would actually elect someone who didn't leave their home, didn't answer any questions, didn't speak to the public, and didn't hear the public's concerns. And that's what they're trying to do by putting money into ads that create a hologram of him, a fictional version of him. And I say, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to go everywhere, every corner of this Commonwealth. I was endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. They, it was unanimous. They are very, very upset with him for undermining the police at every turn. He doesn't respect the normal covenants of society. He doesn't appreciate people who run towards the fire. And these are all folks who are leaving him. Even the trade unions don't like him. They didn't endorse him in the primary. And they say, this guy doesn't understand this. He's not worked with his hands. He doesn't know what it's like to have to deal with a payroll or, or you know, making sure that a job is done right. And that's because of his upbringing. He actually is disconnected in many ways from Pennsylvania values. And this is the main message we're going to get out with our advertising. And that's why if you guys have tenants, DrOz.com, don't forget, it matters. I put a lot of my own money into this race. A lot of folks are coming to our help, but we'd appreciate every little thing you can do to make sure that we push back on John Fetterman and radical liberals like him. He is the most radical candidate for the United States Senate in a contested election this cycle. He's the most radical candidate we've ever had in Pennsylvania. He's out of touch with our values. 
Well, the fake news loves guys like this, as you know, and uh, they've been doing you know, portraits of him for a long time. Here's one of them. Listen to the reporter summarize how screwed up everything is in the town of uh, Braddock, where I think he was the mayor at the time. Go ahead and roll it, please. The collapse of the U.S. steel industry left this borough in the shadow of Pittsburgh in ruins. Trains don't stop here anymore. Storefronts are shuttered. Homes crumbling. Today, 90% of the population of Braddock has left. Less than 3,000 people remain. The poverty rate here is three times the national average. There is no restaurant or ATM, no gas station or supermarket. <laughs> okay, then you declare your campaign for higher office. That, uh, how, do you, how do you use that as a platform for anything? Well, he served as the mayor there. It was, you know, basically an unpaid job for years and years. And you're looking at it as the result of his tenure. The current mayor didn't embrace him or endorse him in this Democratic primary. I mean, folks in Braddock have no idea, uh, you know, what, what, what he thinks he can do. And the bigger problem is he had some really racially tinged incidents there. He chased after an African-American jogger who was going in front of his house, you know, drove after him with a shotgun and, and stopped him and put apparently a gun to his chest in order to, to, to make a citizen's arrest. But there was no crime. And when the police came, they, you know, they separated them. And the guy did an interview later on saying, what did I do wrong? I mean, I went jogging as a black man through a neighborhood. I should not be chased after by a guy with a gun. These are issues that people in Pennsylvania don't know about yet. And what's surprising is no one's actually asking, where is John Fetterman? Are you going to come out and answer questions? Are you going to debate me? I mean, let me know what we can do together because it takes two to tango. And at some point, you're going to come out and have to defend some of the radical left policies that you thought it was cool to embrace for all these years because they don't make sense to Pennsylvanians. Dr. Roz, check it out, drroz.com. We appreciate it very much, sir. All the best. God bless, Greg. Thank you. You bet. And we'll be right back. A man who I met on Twitter, or as we would say, social media, he is some piece of work, this guy. I want to just thank you, because I'm a fan of yours also. You're a very successful guy. Say a few words, please. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you. I love it. Donald Trump was meeting one of his social media heroes, Terrence K. Williams, the conservative comedian and actor and author of the fantastic book, which I enjoyed very much, uh, From the Foster House to the White House. Terrence, welcome back. How are you? Man, thank you for having me on, Greg. But listen, uh, it's a sad time right now. It's a sad time right now. What just happened to President Trump, I am totally upset. I am so upset, and I think all of America is upset, but the people that are doing this to him. You know, yes, upset, but don't you think we're kind of fighting mad right now? You know, I heard it. I was shocked. I was mad. And I just think they went too far, Terrence, and people are rising up, and they're just not going to take it anymore. Oh, you know what? <laughs> we are fighting back. We are fighting back. Because we know what they did to him was absolutely wrong. They would have never done this to Barack Obama. And listen, Barack Obama was a corrupt president. Did they raid his home? No. Hillary Clinton, the most corrupt of them all. Have they raided her home? No. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, he's corrupt too. They, did, they have not raided their homes at all. Doing this to President Trump has pissed off the American people, and we will stand up. And now we see, listen, we already, we already knew that these Democrats were 
corrupt and that they were dirty and they were swamp creatures. But now we really know. Yeah, it's just it's it, it's no denying it. And I know some independents, even some Democrats who are like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, hey, by the way, if the FBI is uh, listening and if anybody wants to give us a hard time, when we say fight back, we mean peacefully, okay? We mean being <laughs> active. We mean raising money. We mean getting out there and exercising our constitutional rights. You can't believe how sensitive these people are. All right. So, look, back to you, though. Uh, your association with President Trump, your presence on social media, it's led to this beautiful thing. You're in the pancake business. <laughs> Cousin T's Pancakes. What was the inspiration? I think we got a picture of you in the kitchen with all the pancakes. Where did this come from? It's brilliant, by the way. Tell us about it. Well, I created Cousin T's when they canceled Aunt Jamama. You know, they took her face off the box. And we all loved Aunt Jamama. She was a beautiful woman. I love, I missed that smile. And they took her face off. They took her name off because they said it was racist. And when they did that, I was pissed off, just like I'm pissed off about this FBI raid. And uh, uh, they raided her box and took her face off. <laughs> and I came out with Cousin T's. I wanted to make pancakes great again. You know, it's interesting. They actually canceled all of the black food exactly. figures. Uh, Aunt Jemima. Um, let's see. Uh, the guy on the cream of wheat box, he was black. Who else? Uh, Uncle Ben's, he's gone. Yeah. But all the white ones stayed. Did you notice that? I, listen, I... It, I was confused because they said black people need more uh, representation, but they took all the black people off the food boxes. It, it, it didn't make any sense at all. It didn't make any sense. And that's why I created Cousin T's. And listen, I get a lot of heat about this box. Uh, these loony, woke liberals, they want me to take my face off. How dare you put your face on the box? That's racist. You need to take it off. We took off Aunt Jamama and, 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 and uh, Uncle Ben's face, and, you, and we're going to take yours off, too. It's not happening. I'm not taking my face off of that box. It's staying on there. And, and these are not just pancakes. These are gourmet pancakes, and they taste like freedom. Uh, you know what? They are. <laughs> I've had them. They are extraordinary. And uh, I had a great big stack. So, look, uh, tell us about the tour, man. We can see you. Let's go ahead and put up the schedule, if you don't mind, on the screen. You are all over the place. Savannah, Georgia, Charleston, South Carolina, Raleigh, Phoenix, Long Island. And uh, we can go to TerrenceKWilliams.com for tickets. TerrenceKWilliams.com for tickets. Hey, uh, Terrence. Your show is a little bit unique. It's not straight stand-up. It's a little bit of everything. Tell us how it goes down. Right. So my Stand-Up America tour, you know what? It's the perfect name, especially for now. We need to stand up. Everybody in America needs to stand up, and we have to do something about uh, what's going on right now. Our country is in trouble. We have a man in office who who don't even probably don't even know what day it is, don't know what's going on. He can't walk up the steps. I mean, this man, he fall down walking up. I, I don't get it. And, and it's time for America to stand up and vote these vote these un-American uh, 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 these. Horrible people from out of from from out of office. But my show is comedy. And it's also, you know, a show that's about, you know, America. I like to rally, you know, and my yeah. show, we also rally the base. Terrence, enjoy it. Go see him and buy the pancakes. Terrence K. Williams to be continued, sir. And we'll be right back. Ashley Babbitt, 582 days without justice for Ashley Babbitt. We will not forget that never, 
ever should have happened. Folks, uh, I'll be off tomorrow. Have a great weekend, and I'll be back Monday. I think Carl Higby is here, former Navy SEAL, great guy. Thanks so much, and uh, to be continued. Take care.